Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm good. I want to thank you. I say this to everybody and people listening must get sick of hearing me say it, but it's really important to say thank you for taking the time. I understand everybody's busy and anybody who's willing to sit down and talk to me, I really appreciate that. We were talking before we started because I, I try to like fish around to see what's on your mind, what's on each guest's mind. And I think you had some interesting things that were rattling around in your head from the day before because I tell people you don't have to prepare, which isn't like a uh, an order. Don't prepare. It's to remove the stress. And then usually people do what you did, which is some ideas are rattling around. And I noticed when we were talking before, you mentioned, I you said, I was reflecting last night or the night before, and I noticed, I'm like, hmm, here's another self-reflective slash self-aware person who thinks a lot, or I'm going to say more than the average uh, muggle does, about movement and health. And I'm, I'm wondering if you could tell me more about your thoughts on how, how do you look at seriousness? So you were describing to me, there are different ways to answer the question, how serious does one take one's training? And I'm wondering, can you unpack your thoughts around that question and the different ways that you look at that question for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so I think for myself, like if I were to reflect on my own training, how seriously do I take it? You know, there's, there's sort of different levels. There's, you know, how, how committed am I to showing up, you know, one time a week, maybe at certain points, or maybe it was five times a week at other points. Um, you know, how, how serious are you about your training? I think can also be, be understood as like, how important is it to you in your life that you're, you're being active and, and doing something, mm. um, you know, and so you can take it, you can take it from that angle. And I think that's, you know, that's perfectly healthy to, to reflect on and it can help keep one motivated to show up when, when maybe not feeling at a hundred percent, but when nonetheless, like a, a training session could be a, a productive and positive yeah. thing to do. You know, I'm not talking about like, Oh, you got injured and you feel like just taking a day off to like collect <laughs> yourself and maybe like rest your injury up. Like, no, 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 of course that's fine. But I just mean, you know, like take the past few months for me, I've been working on a farm and uh, it's very physically demanding, you know, so often at the end of the days, it's like, you don't have that much energy left over for parkour, but it's, I'm still like, I don't want to lose my skills, like a climb up. So mm. I'll go even on the days I'm a bit tired and I'll go and practice some climb up somewhere just to like, keep it in the system, you know, and it, it depends what, what time in one's training they're at, um, how, how big a, a part of one's life it is. You know, if you're trying to be a professional athlete versus right. if you're, you know, you've got something else going on, you've got a family, but parkour is just something that you do for yourself. Um, so, but I think from that angle, it's positive to look at it as like, okay, how serious are you about this? Am I, am I serious about getting my session in? Then there's also a, you know, oh, I'm really serious about, uh, making opportunities for myself through this sport. So I have to be perceived as a serious athlete and, and how to do that. And I think that that can uh, be a hindrance. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be. It, it, it might also be the only uh, lifeline left to pull on, right? Like it could be like, I, I really need this to work. I need to figure out how to monetize it. Um, have you thought about, 
Um, okay, zooming out, that, that's a, a pretty darn enlightened way to look at it, I think, by the way. just <laughs> I try to avoid, I don't like it when podcasters never are present. You know, like I just ask you questions mm. and then you just talk and you don't know if I'm thinking you're the dumbest human I've ever seen in the last nine months oh. or whether I'm thinking like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so I try to like remind myself, stop. Yes, I agree. And the question is, um, do you recall when uh, people people don't start that way. I never met anybody who starts that way. Everybody is 12 and they jump on beds or whatever your story starts. Like it's, it's just like, I'm just hucking stupid. Like that's where it all begins. Do you remember where that happened? I know you told me a little bit about your transition. Um, I call it like a gap semester between soccer and discovering parkour. Um, is that the same place where this mindset shift happened or was the mindset shift something that happened later? Yeah, I think it was a little bit more, gradual there was definitely a shift in mindset from sort of like yeah high school soccer which i had mentioned like wasn't was never serious i wasn't at, in a high performance or like highly competitive team or anything like that it was a casual team um and then having that end in the last year of high school and then going into university and realizing that oh, you know, I like, I like my life and I like how I feel better when I'm, when I'm more active. Um, and I think, I think just having that, that realization of like, yeah, I, I think actually having the absence of this as I'm entering university, like made me realize that it's important, you know, for things like managing stress, just like letting loose, feeling connected to my body, um, feeling like I'm, maintaining a basic level of fitness that feels good for me, uh, things like that. And so, yeah, I, I, I would credit that period with like not having much going on with, with giving me the chance to, to notice that for myself. Mm, that's a good point about, um, finding space. Um, yeah, I feel there's a whole bunch of ways that one can be short on space. You're missing mental space, missing missing physical space, missing you know monetary mm-hmm. space. All those things that, if they're missing, they remove your freedom. Um, and I think it's probably easier. I wonder what your thoughts are on this. It's probably easier once you understand. Oh, if I have this kind of space, then I can do this type of thing for myself. Health. Um, it's probably easier to then be pushed back into a tighter space because you're like, all right, I. I I know that it's really important. So I have a little bit of room. And like you mentioned climates, I have a little bit of conceptual space. I want to mm-hmm. touch this one thing. Um, you kind of, you reassess the value of your time. Um, Absolutely. Are there, <clears throat> how, how important for you is, and then like, you know, pandemic is, I hate to say the pandemic is any, cause I don't want to be the guy that jinxed it, but it's starting <laughs> to look like maybe by next year, you know, we'll be able to go back and like actually think, oh, I'm going to travel and not then go, oh wait, no, I can't do that. Um, uh, how important do you think it will be looking forward? So we've all pretty much everybody's been unable to travel and do the, let's go play with others thing. That's also important to, that's so important to many of us. Um, what are your thoughts on how that is going to come back? Like travel, how is that going to come back into your life? Hopefully next year. Cause that's like a space restriction. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I did actually get to, to travel this summer, like right after some of the restrictions between Canada and the U S were, were lifted. I was able to go down for a trip, uh, to train with a bunch of awesome people, uh, down in the States. Um, but having said that, 
you know, it's, it definitely wasn't without like a lot of like calculated risk because of the pandemic and, you know, lots of like getting tested at at various points and stuff. Like I'm sure for other folks who've experienced traveling during this time, it's just, it's not, it's, it's like you do it because you really have to think that there's going to be some value (laughs) for you because otherwise it's it's a hassle and, you know, you come back and you get tested. So you'll know whether or not you need to isolate and stuff. And it's all mandated anyways. But anyways, point being, you know, I'm kind this is, this is framing my, my answer is that, you know, having experienced that, it was a really nice reminder of, of how I do enjoy traveling. And I really do enjoy um, getting to train with folks that I don't get to see regularly. Um, I have a lot of peers like on an international scale that maybe I, aren't mm. I don't have peers in the same way in my local community so that's that's a big plus you know having said that I've looking back like I've done a lot of not as much as some but I've done a lot of traveling for parkour over the years and I'm sure I will still do some but I'm I'm looking to slow it down like both in terms of the expense um it's it's a lot but also just looking at my uh, carbon footprint from that. <laughs> it's yes, like, that's another big issue, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'm, that's, that's why, like, I think I used to do like a couple trips a year, which, you know, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, um, criticizing anyone who does it for, for a job or, or career. And frankly, like that's, that's when I used to travel more for parkour. That's how I would kind of argue for myself, even if there wasn't like a direct monetary kickback to me for having done the trip. It was like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, go and make more connections and be more like uh, visible or whatever from attending this or that event, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So that's a good point about the, the, the trade offs and, you know, what. What am I getting? What is everybody getting if I go? So like if I go to every move, you know, and it's like, okay, maybe there's one other American there. And it's not that America needs to represent. But if I go there and sponge up some of the, you know, the whatever you want to call it there, then which is better me me to go there or for me to try to get 15 people from there to come to you know come and have an event in the States. It's like, so sometimes it, it makes sense to think about well, for the general good that's being accomplished, what would the other possible, like, how else could we do this? And it's like, oh, well, one person flying over is way better than 15 trying to fly the other way kind of thing. Um, aside from logistics and cost, it just nerves a carbon footprint. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping that the, the pendulum swing now that everybody is so used to like, yeah, why, why go to the office anymore? Like, I think that the net pendulum swing, we're not going to swing all the way back to just the general amount of traveling we were doing. And especially in the States, we, we drive everywhere. I'm like, yeah. five hours by car, maybe we'll make a bathroom stop. Maybe, you know, but like, like we just go and go and go. And there's a lot less that being done, which is generally safer aside from the whole petroleum issue. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think this is like, I, I hesitate to say any good at all came out of the pandemic, but it does force everyone to notice how much they traveled, why they travel. Um, and then when the fear of missing out makes you want to travel again, then you tend, you tend to be more thoughtful about should I, or should I not? Or yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, anything else? I'm just watching the sand slip through the hourglass. Uh, anything else that you want to try and touch on today that I haven't gotten to? Yeah. You know, when you, when you asked me about the, um, 
like seriousness in parkour. Uh oh. <laughs> basically, but there's there's sort of another angle on that, which is like, you know, are you so serious in your training that you don't leave enough room for play? And hmm. maybe for a lot of folks listening. Um, parkour is their place. So they're like, that doesn't make any sense. Like the only reason I show up to train <laughs> is to have fun. And that's, that's great. Like if anything, it's like kudos, like admiration to you, but coming from a place of having pursued this sport in like a semi-professional way, um, I would have many training sessions where it was like, okay, I've got my list of things I want to mm. practice. And those sessions totally have value. Um, but I think that I would often go into phases where I would almost use that as um, a bit of a crutch, which it can be useful, I think, if one is having difficulty with motivation. Um, mm -hmm. But there, I think that there is a lot of creativity for one, um, but also just progression that happens in the space of being playful, goofing around, um, not taking your practice too seriously and maybe that session maybe you have a session a week that you know you just goof around at for me I, this this was sort of i noticed a lot of progression um for a few years i'd say like 2014 to 2017 i had a lot of progression in the like just like improving my jump distance refining different like fundamental parkour techniques um, improving confidence, um, at height, not extreme height, but like, you know, striding rails, uh, like eight feet up or something like that. Um, and then my knee injury happened, which wasn't, it wasn't like a catastrophic injury. I didn't end up needing surgery or anything, but it did, um, end up with me out of the game for like 10 or 11 months. Um, and then gradually building it back after that point. And during that phase, like I really got into, like figuring out how I could still like mm. grow as an athlete, but not just, okay, I'm going to come in. I'm going to like, you know, have a weight room session where I do this and then I'm going to do some parkour and I'm going to do like big jumps and stuff. Um, and I, I think that became a really fruitful period for me from mm. just like laughing. And yeah, I feel like you want to, <laughs> you want to comment or respond. So I no, can do that I space. Mean <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's, you make several great points there. And I think that finding, um, sometimes I like, I don't know who listens. Um, but if you're listening and you're going, what are these people talking about? Then yeah, go experiment more with play. And then if you want to decide, no, play is not for me, then keep doing what you're doing. There's definitely, um, all the people that I've seen who are really good. And I don't just mean at like distance, but who, who are just really doing interesting things they all incorporate play. They all incorporate, you know, there's a leg day and, but there's also a play day. And I think it's that balance back and forth. That's super, super important. Um, I can't tell if your video locked up. Yeah. I don't think you're that still. Yeah. There you go. I think I <laughs> I'm okay. not sure if you heard me. Uh, yes. I'm just that rooted. <laughs> I did hear you. Yes. Cool. Well, I, um, I mean, to, to what, to what you said, absolutely. Like there, there can be a leg day, but, and there can, be a play day. And I think that the people that, yeah, like you said, that do it really well are able to do both. But it, I, I think my 
experience is it's almost like a it's like a bit of a lesson in that because I I think in some ways I may have limited my progression the years that I was like very focused on like you know practicing like seriously and not like where I took myself personally like very seriously but just where I was like okay it's training time like I gotta like really you know approach it seriously and I think there's almost like this when it comes to like anything kind of in the realm of fitness you know there is kind of this like hype culture of like Mm. oh we're gonna show up and we're gonna train like so seriously it's gonna be like marines training or something like that and it's like no like (laughs) that's that's for a certain that's for a certain subset of people you know and then if that's what does it for you with your training like I I won't knock it but for me and for like in parkour like I found that I progressed so much of an athlete, even still with like basically being deconditioned from having 10 or 11 months, um, Mm. recovering from this knee injury. And then I progressed so much laterally that surely there was space for me to progress that way before, Mm. but I just hadn't like allowed myself the space to like be vulnerable and just like dangle like into a back bend, like over a railing or a box and be like, okay, what can be done from here? Hmm. You know, like, and yeah, I, I would have so many sessions where I was just like pretending to be like vaguely drunk and like stumbling over things and being like, Oh, that actually kind of like turned into something cool. What can, what can be done with that? <laughs> Neat. I, I agree. I'm, I'm totally. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Plus one. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, I'd be mindful of your time and guest time. And I will just say, and of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice. Laughter, vulnerability, and autonomy, I'll say. <laughs> nice. Craig scribbling as fast as he can. Thank you so much, Alyssa. It was a distinct pleasure. We, we had a discussion beforehand. I don't think we've met before, so it's a pleasure to meet you. Fun half hour chat. Thanks for showing up. Yeah, thanks for having me, Craig. <laughs>